0: This is the Enthusiasts Guild, a place for conversations about wonderful and interesting things with people who enjoy them. I'm Fletcher C. Finch. I'm Adam Zaremski, And our guest today is Christy Holfith. And Christy, we're going to talk with you today about Doctor Who. Awesome. I'm ready. First off, anything you want to say about yourself?
1: So I worked with both of you about seven years ago at this point that I worked with you, which is insane. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm
0: really happy we've all kept up in that time.
1: Uh, me too. It makes me really happy. So yeah, I was in journalism. And now I work in the communications department for a college, live in Buffalo.
0: I'm excited to have you as a guest, Chrissy. You are our first guest that we're recording with. I feel very honored. Well, we're happy to have you. And I'm excited that we get to talk about Doctor Who. Yes can you tell me a little bit about how you got into doctor who
1: sure i was roommates in college with my friend emma jansen shout out to emma she was already a whovian like hardcore and i always thought it seemed kind of weird even though i'm angle feel you know i just i was a little too out there for me so she would always try to get me to watch it and i would nah, no thanks so i was actually in oxford England for a summer program and writing a paper about Madame de Pompadour and with Emma she was also there and she said I know you don't want to watch Doctor Who but there's an episode literally about Madame de Pompadour you have to watch it so I did and I name dropped it in my paper and it kind of piqued my interest and once we were back at college she finally got me to start watching it and once I was in I was I was in deep so I watched it all with her. And then I st- I watched it again from the beginning, just probably after I graduated and got my husband into it as well. So,
0: What was it about Doctor Who that grabbed you?
1: Well, like I said, I love all things English and British. And it's one of those shows that take, to me, it takes like a few episodes to really grab you. You have to love it to appreciate its eccentricities I will say because <laughs> it is very British in parts and like almost like you know eye roly in parts but once you love it and you love the characters and you love the backstory you appreciate all those things so what finally grabbed me um I guess was I grew to love David Tennant um he was where I started watching so a lot of his episodes um became my favorites and but I, th- I was thinking about why I like Doctor Who so much. And I think one of the reasons is so much TV and even like TV that I love. It's kind of that like cynical kind of dark humor and um, our drama, you know, Game of Thrones and political stuff. And everything's just very like you have to be dark for it to be cool, kind of. And Doctor Who is just goofy And unapologetically, like, nerdy and British. It doesn't try to be anything. It just is what, you know, it is what it is. And it's fun to watch. And it's very earnest, which is very refreshing, kind of, in these these times.
0: (laughs) I think you're right. I think there's a sincerity baked into Doctor Who. And they're never apologetic about that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Unapologetically earnest is a great way to put it.
0: I do think, like you said, there there are so many dark TV programs and the the prestige television is so much darker. And Doctor Who and, and a couple of my other favorite sci-fi properties have an optimism to them that I really enjoy.
1: Exactly. I know kind of going along with that, there's, you know, there's always the battles or whatever like plot is going on. Some dark moments for sure. But overall, it's that kind of not highbrow message, but kind of just very hopeful message of what humanity is and what it all means and how people like it always comes back throughout this revival, you know, the the recent Doctor Who's, it always comes back to people are good. And the doctor never gives up on humanity. And it's kind of refreshing, honestly. <laughs> That's not the message most of the time in most shows. So.
2: so who is the doctor? You know, I'm the guy coming into this. I watched my first episode yesterday. I've I've experienced Doctor Who through the peripheral, you know, hearing you two talk about it. He says he's a time lord. I get he's not. I guess he's not human.
1: Mm-mm. Sorry, talking to my rosé. Um He's an alien. Um, I I want to keep that. (laughs) (laughs) He's an alien. How old is he? Uh, 945 years old comes to mind. That might be wrong.
0: It depends. They added several hundred years during the Matt Smith era.
1: Okay. Well, that makes me feel better. But yes, hundreds of years old. Um, Thousands of years old, maybe. The clever clever thing about it which i'm you know so many shows must be jealous of this uh plot point is he is an alien that regenerates when he has to so very handily can be 10 leading men throughout the last 50 years (laughs) um so he regenerates into a new form
2: i guess i'm curious about this time lord thing
1: it's a race of aliens and he's the last one
0: okay So the Doctor travels through time and space in the TARDIS.
1: That's an important detail. Yeah, sorry.
0: (laughs) This looks like a police box. They don't all have to look like a police box. But yeah, the the Time Lords can travel through time and space. As a race, the Time Lords did a lot to control time and space. In most of the modern Doctor Who, he is the only Time Lord
2: or one of the only Time Lords we see. It's very tragic. The way he said it at one point, it almost seemed... I didn't know if he was a, an alien or kind of like a god, you know, when he's going, I'm the time Lord.
1: A little bit of both. OK. Sometimes he busts out that David Tennant particularly had a lot of like angry monologues along those lines.
0: <laughs> a lot of righteousness.
1: Yes, righteousness.
0: Generally, he's going back to try and solve a problem or figure something out or save someone. But he can't always save everyone.
1: He's very benevolent to... um human race
0: and very interested in the human race
1: yes curious
2: and in the uk (laughs) in particular (laughs) how convenient (laughs)
1: keeps coming keeps coming back to modern day uk for some reason it's the most interesting you know time and place ever in all of history and all of the universe
0: having heard the american accents that many british actors do i'd rather have them set stories in the uk (laughs) (laughs)
2: and then. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd ask both of you what you recommended. And uh, I went with Christie's because I know how much she loves the show. And it was The Girl in the Fireplace. Oh, cool. Which is interesting that you said that was your first episode you've ever seen. Yeah. Was that why you recommended it?
1: It was just one of the ones that has always stuck out to me because I am, I tend to be drawn to the historical Um, based ones rather than just like you know a battle in space or a big you know the more sci-fi side of things I tend to be drawn more of the ones when he goes back into a historical time and that is the Madame de Pompadour one so I that was the first one I saw and it always has stuck with me and the, the the baddies in that one are just creepy they stick with you
0: I love the Doctor Who baddies
1: I know. One of the things I was thinking about, another like reason I like the show is like it requires you to buy into the baddies because they are some of them are so poorly done. <laughs> like you have to want to think they're bad. They don't, aren't scary. It's like um, it's like Buffy the Vampire baddies or Power Rangers or something <laughs> like you have to really be like, OK, sure, you're scary. And a lot of them, you have to kind of suspend your, you know, it's not you're not getting Game of Thrones or something. You're getting like a very like innocent batty most of the time.
0: The uh, the concept I've heard that described as suspension of disbelief. And it's kind of necessary to enjoy sci fi and superhero stories.
1: For sure, especially like non Marvel movie level you know, stories. Not everyone gets a billion dollar CGI budget. Mm-hmm. But what'd you think, Adam?
2: Well, it's going to, uh, a couple of things like one, I think you could buy, like if we're talking about the, the villains of a specific episode, um, these ones were pretty good. Uh, they yeah. definitely had a creep factor and yeah. they had a, a good purpose for what they were trying to do. Um, I, i do find it interesting you said you liked it because it had the historical aspect of the show and it wasn't like a space battle
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but like it is for the people that don't know and and yeah it does take place in the past but it's also taking place like in the 55th century on a spaceship and uh they're talking about warp drives and busting holes in the time fabric of time. That's
1: true. I almost forgot about the other half of that episode, which is literally a spaceship. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, it's like, you know, 18th century France and then a spaceship.
0: Right. And for Doctor Who, that spaceship is pretty creepy, too. Yeah,
1: seriously. Yeah, I think I always like when there's that dose of like, I like the story more than the battle, I should say. I like good characters and I like those baddies were literally... Like, how do we find, how do we, how do we make a villain out of 17th, 18th century French courtesans? Like, how can we make that happen? You know? So I, I like that part of it a lot.
2: Yeah. They did it very well. I, I gotta say for the, like I said, I've known about Dr. Who, but this being the first episode, I mean, I, I totally get the David Tennant thing. Like he right away kind of grabs you and you're just like, oh, this is cool. And, uh. And I was cool with also buying in on the whole um, cheesiness at times that appears to be there. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's it's, it's smacking you in the face half the time. I love it.
2: But they they had such a great balance in one episode. I mean, they're hour-long episodes, I think. Mm -hmm. And you start off with, you're on a spaceship, and he's talking to some girl through a fireplace who's in the 18th century, and... So you get the kind of funness of it. Then you get a creepiness with the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And then it develops into like a love story. A very Like for one hour, you almost believe that they do care for each other. And again, I just came into it and you can see the doctor cares for this person and she falls in love with him. I mean, that just seemed very well done. And then it's felt sincere. And then they had humorous parts. I dug it and I can see why you'd always said I would enjoy the show. And it scared me to watch it because i liked it and i'm worried about (laughs) now i might go back and watch more and i'm just like i don't know when i'll have the time but it is yes join join us us. (laughs) (laughs) join the
0: whovians (laughs) join the whovians Uh well and adam i know that you are a sherlock fan and actually Mm -hmm. got me into sherlock and there's a lot of shared dna between sherlock and doctor who
2: interesting i was thinking benedict cumberbatch would. Be an interesting doctor. I wondered if he would ever...
1: People would lose their minds if Benedict (laughs) Cumberbatch was Cass in Doctor Who. All of England would just combust.
2: I could see him doing a special on that. That'd be good.
0: In many ways, they're very similar characters. They're brilliant people who understand things that the people around them don't and don't take time to explain it necessarily.
1: And also kind of like lonely people, like so brilliant, but also lonely just by virtue of being special. That episode, too, I think does a good job of showing because there are like our a couple near misses, you know, like he keeps coming back to the fireplace and she and it's so sad at the end, obviously, like she grows old um, and he misses her that last time. And that David Tennant's I mean, I guess all of them really, but Um, D10 to me like a lot of his episodes have that kind of like little edge of sadness to it because he's he always he doesn't want to be left he doesn't want to be alone and um, that comes up a bunch in that episode like you said it's just this little one hour capsule but he misses her the last time and it's just a good example of kind of the you know the time traveling element I guess how it's like kind of yeah complex and he misses it sometimes well
0: and and christy i think what you talked about that that sadness in the 10th doctor is such a part of his character and you know if i think of iconic lines for the 10th doctor one of them is i'm so so sorry i
1: can't i can't even with the 10th doctor he is clearly he is my favorite
0: my favorite too
1: And he is he's so and like you said, he's righteous and like just sad and kind of angry. Like the cool aspect of the show is by virtue of having all these new leading guys and ladies, the last one, Mm -hmm. you're able to see all these different facets of the doctor's personality, because although they're all the same person, they're also totally unique. So you get almost a whole new show every time there's a new doctor. Um, If it was the same character from uh, when did it start? The 60s, I think.
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: There's only so many stories you can tell with the same exact leading person. But you get a whole new one with a whole new set of characteristics. Like number 11 is totally different from number 10, even Mm -hmm. though they're the same the same person.
2: I'd love to know how they came up with the episodes. That one was pretty fascinating. And I think they had a a preview for the next episode. And I just sat there going, whoa, like, that's really cool. And it sounds fun. But yeah, just the idea of, oh, we will have a ship in the 55th century where the robots needed to keep it going. So they're using human parts. And then they determined that this French woman from thousands of years ago would be perfect as the brain and it's just like oh yeah we'll go with it
1: (laughs) like who who's smoking what in the writer's room to like yeah yeah it and like just keeping everything canon you know Mm -hmm. and straight because it literally it's it's hundreds of alien races at this point i'm sure it's you know what what decade or era or century haven't they hit like it's crazy
0: i'm thinking of so many episodes that i want to share with adam
1: I know. (laughs) I asked I asked my husband, Dave, if he could think of any recommendations. And he's the one who suggested um, uh, Vincent and the doctor. And again, it's like that. I thought that one showed like the heart of it, because it's pretty hard to to me. I'd be kind of scared of touching someone so well known in history. Mm -hmm. But they do such a great job with it, And it like is a heart wrencher. Like it. It's so good.
2: Yeah. Do you both keep up with the show? Are you still watching it, still kind of consuming the newer seasons, or have you seen all the ones that have been there in the modern world?
1: I watched through Capaldi's second season, I think, but I have not watched any with um, Jodie Whitaker.
0: I'm in the same place. I'm a couple seasons behind at this point, and it's mostly just that I don't subscribe to any of the services that provide the new episodes.
1: Yeah, same here.
0: Our shout out this week is for the Rural Outreach Center, a social service organization serving Western New York. Their programs focus on assisting, empowering, and elevating individuals and families on their journey to self-sufficiency and health. Visit the to learn more. Adam, I, I was curious, as somebody who's seen just one episode, how would you describe the doctor?
2: I think you did it pretty well with talking about how Benedict Cumberbatch's character in Sherlock, you know, there's a bit of a cockiness, but also a caring attitude for certain. There's a a little bit of a swashbuckler, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, he's caring, but at the same time, he can quickly crack a joke and it doesn't feel off. It's, uh, I, I I think one of, (laughs) it was, it's because he's clever, right?
1: Gosh, I love him.
2: He had a great line that I, I wrote it down after he said it, it was, um, he had just come back from a party. His two friends were captured by those robot creatures. He looked like he had been kind of drinking in the 18th century before he came back. And they're like, what are you doing? And he, and then all of a sudden he just goes, always take a banana to a party. <laughs> and he's like, You'll, it's just always important. But I was laughing. It was great. Yeah. There's a bit of that protector aspect to him. There's uh I can see some of the Captain America qualities we had talked about in the previous show. Is that accurate? I mean, for the first episode, I've only only episode I've seen. Is that how you both would kind of see him?
0: I think, especially for for that doctor, you you've got a good read on him.
1: I was just thinking it'd be interest, like it'd be interesting for you to watch another episode, like even one of each each of the doctors, and just to. St- what you thought, if your opinion changed of the character based on each one, because it is David Tennant's is like very much what you just said. I wonder if it would be the, if you would have the same impression watching a Matt Smith one.
0: Hmm. And now Christy, the 11th doctor, the the Matt Smith doctor is your second favorite one, I believe.
1: Yes, he sure is. Matt Smith, he's like childlike and just wants to like kind of, he kind of tamps it all down where David Tennant's character was very much the anger was always kind of just under the surface, like just at the, you know, he's just not anger. That's the wrong word. But, you know, just.
2: I think I know what you mean, though. He has. And it's not frustration. It's just and not an edge, but there's something more. Yeah, it is. Maybe it's all passion. Maybe passion.
1: It's an Yeah, it's an edge. It's an edge. It's like he's very funny. He has all these great lines and everything. But underneath is this kind of slow burn all the time. And then Matt Smith's iteration of The Doctor is very much like he's trying to tamp it down, that part of him down. And it's like he's kind of childlike. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting to me that they're the same character.
0: It took me a long time to warm up to Matt Smith as the doctor, in part because I loved David Tennant as the doctor so much.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, I love David Tennant so much. Um, this is what introduced me to David Tennant and, you know, sparked my continuing abiding love for him. Yeah, I think I think everyone probably has that feeling, that kind of crossed arms like, hmm, let's see, let's see if you're worthy um, everyone has their favorite doctor mm-hmm. it does it takes you a hot second to warm up to the new one because it is like you're kind of saying goodbye to like you just get used to them after you know two seasons four seasons whatever and it's like starting a new show almost like the leading guy changes
2: do they have a new supporting cast for each show too
1: yeah
0: so the the person who travels with the doctor in, in the world, they're known as the doctor's companions. And sometimes there is crossover between you may have one companion that stays the same even af- after the doctor changes, but usually over time those will cycle out or you'll have a period between companions and sometimes the doctor will change when he or she doesn't have a companion.
1: Yeah, the companions definitely can make or break, I feel like season or the episode or
0: Christy do you have a favorite companion Donna Donna okay for sure hilarious
2: who's Donna
1: um she was with David Tennant she is the comedian uh Catherine Tate she was supposed to just be so funny it was supposed to just be in one episode I believe they have these Christmas specials that are kind of like one-off episodes in between the seasons and she was in a Christmas special and ended up coming back to be a companion, I think for at least two seasons. Um, but she was amazing because uh, David Tennant's character has this whole romance um, with one of his companions. Heartbreaking. I cried. It has, it's like, you know, old school Dr. Who fans, I think probably hate that the most, that type of <laughs> malarkey the most of this <laughs> new season. Cause they kind of made it a little more soapy, but It worked on me. Um, But so Rose, that companion leaves and there's, you know, there's another one in between. But Donna's the only companion that didn't either kind of have a crush on him or he had a crush on them. She's just like really funny and they kind of go back and forth. It's like a buddy comedy rather than, you know, there's no element of pining or anything like they're just like two hilarious people.
0: And she holds her own well with him. Yes.
1: So they have some of the best episodes for sure. And her her ending for her not being originally planned to be in the, you know, in it um, for a long time. She had such a tragic ending and like just a very memorable time on the show, I
2: think. Yeah, definitely a memorable, a memorable one. Damn you both. I'm going to start watching this show. I know it. (laughs) I get you. I get you.
0: It does. I know, Christy, you you said you started with The Girl in the Fireplace. Did you just go kind of in order from there? Did you jump back to The Ninth Doctor? How did that work?
1: So I watched um, The Girl in the Fireplace and then my friend Emma was still kind of trying to get me um, get me hooked. And then we watched Don't Blink or Blink. I think the episode title is with the Weeping Angels, your first introduction to them. And that's another that was my suggestion
0: to Adam. Yeah,
1: so good. And another great intro episode because it it is kind of a one off. So Mm -hmm. um, David Tennant's in it, obviously, but it is outside of the main storyline. It's so creepy. Those baddies haunt your dreams. There's no there's no cheesiness about those. Maybe a little cheesiness, but they're some of the scariest villains, I think. Um, so we watched that one and I, I think that's the one that truly kind of got me cause it was such a, I just, that episode's one of my favorites. And then I it's started, a grabber,
0: yeah. yeah,
1: then I started from nine and I believe <laughs> I, I read somewhere that if you can get through that first episode, which
0: is not great,
1: the villains in that one are like mannequins, mannequins come <laughs> to life. And it's like the worst thing you've ever seen. Then you then if you can get through that and still want to watch, then you're good. And you're going to like Doctor Who. Yeah,
0: because that's I was going to say, Adam, if if you do want to watch, it's definitely worthwhile. I I think I think Blink is is a great second episode after this first one you've seen. But if you do decide you want to get into the show, don't skip all of the ninth doctor episodes, because there are a couple of those that I really love, too
1: because it was off the air for decades so it kind of is everyone's intro back into the world so there are some good like i don't know kind of groundwork laying that goes on in the ninth doctor season i didn't love mm-hmm. his season but i like it it establishes a couple things that i think are helpful as you go forward
0: see i came to doctor who in a strange way in that i actually watched torchwood first Mm. And so Jack Harkness was a favorite character of mine. And he's a he's introduced in the ninth doctor's season.
1: Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize he went that far back.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a two part episode. The Hollow Child followed by the doctor dances is one of my it's the high point of the ninth doctor's season.
1: Oh, my God. Is that who says mummy? Bone chilling. Terrifying faceless child. Who is your favorite doctor?
0: Oh, number ten, hands down.
1: Number ten, yeah, he's so great. I just love him so much.
2: Have either of you watched the the real old ones from the sixties and before the ninth doctor? As I'm hearing you say it,
1: there was a selection of old Doctor Who's, I think, on Netflix for a while. Um, and I tried, (laughs) they were rough. (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I really wanted to, but they were pretty, they were pretty rough.
0: I also tried to watch some of the older ones, mostly the ones from the eighties. It wasn't so much that I had a problem with the, the concepts because I still enjoy the concepts. You can see the same DNA, but the pacing is just far too slow.
1: Yeah. British television in the (laughs) eighties is a a whole, is a whole separate thing. You have to grow to love. I'm sure.
0: We've hit all of my topics that I wanted to make sure to include on on Doctor Who. Do do either of you have anything you'd like to explore?
1: I will just say that once I watched Doctor Who, I realized how much it is um, like Easter egged in other shows that I never realized until obviously I knew the references. There's like Criminal Minds has one of the characters dressed up going to a Doctor Who convention, but they can't say Doctor Who. I assume because of like copyright. So he's just dressed <laughs> in a super obvious, you know, outfit and they're going to a convention. Uh, Community has a whole spin-off.
0: Inspector Space Time.
1: Yes, and I did not appreciate the first time I watched Community and I just rewatched it recently and was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Inspector <laughs> Space Time.
0: Inspector Space Time is definitely Someone who loves Doctor Who making a Doctor Who parody?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: It reminded me of like a stage play where, I mean, literally with the fireplace is the main feature and just Mm -hmm. swiveling around. But I I guess I would put that out there for people who don't know anything about the show. Like, yeah, it does appear to be corny and you're not dealing with a Marvel budget, but I don't think it needs that. It works it seems to work as it is based on one episode, a really good one, but I just was really struck by how well it was all working. I mean, they had a horse on a spaceship and you got the the villains with the the, the gear clock heads that was just Oh,
1: it's so creepy. It shouldn't be, but it is.
2: I thought those were very effective. Yeah. Yeah, they did so well with that. Yeah, I just thought that was very fascinating
1: and that's after one episode it's definitely one of those shows you become more and more fond of it i feel like and more and more forgiving of any flaws it might have because you do you just love it after
0: a, a little while oh I, I have favorites i'll go back to and and just rewatch just for the pleasure of it
1: mm-hmm. it is it's a comforting show
0: for sure thanks for listening to this episode of the enthusiasts guild i'm fletcher c finch i'm adam zeremski Christy, thanks so much for joining us today to talk about Doctor Who.
1: Thank you. This was so much fun.
0: You can subscribe and hear all our episodes through your podcast player of choice. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Enthusiasts Guild. Today's music is Eternal Terminal by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, used under a Creative Commons license.